Welcome back to the Beaver Creek Precious Metals Summit. Trevor Hall here with Mining Stock Daily sitting across the table with Philo Mining and Mr. Jamie Beck. Uh, I, I asked you before we press record, like, what do you want to talk about? And your response was world-class drill results. I was like, Jamie, that's the same thing we talk about all the time. <laughs> but let's do talk about world-class drill results uh, from the uh, Philo Del Sol project. The latest drill results that came in back in August, the headline number is 700 meters of 1.13% copper equivalent. Um, you know, it's a massive project, Jamie. Everybody knows it. But how do you know, let's, let's maybe rediscuss the narrative right now, the story of how this is all coming together. For somebody who's maybe unfamiliar with Philo, how do you put the pieces here? How do you lay out the cards? So it's it's fun to, I guess, take a bit of a walk through history here. This was a project that the Lundines picked up in the late 90s and through various different corporate entities, uh, you know, rolled it into what, what ultimately was NGX resources at the time. And what drew us to the area was the surface expression of, uh, of an oxide copper deposit. It's bright bluish green. It was easily visible. We saw it on satellite imagery. And uh, that's what you know drew uh, Cypress Amex, who first did the original drilling on the Chilean side to the area. We, we continued to drill it off, but Filo del Sol was sort of stuck as the, the third project within a bigger portfolio where two previous discoveries had already been made at Los Alados, which is mm -hmm. now with NGX, and the Jose Maria deposit, which has now uh, recently been acquired by Lending Mining. So at the end of every year, if we had a few drill meters left, we'd go and punch down uh, a, a few hundred meters into the oxide cap. And in 2016, we said, you know, we're not, we're not giving Philo the uh, prominence that it deserves. And we s spun it out into its own company, Philo Mining. We raised some money and we said, let's go after the oxides. We drilled it off. Uh, about 70,000 meters of drilling, and that led to various levels of study culminating in a pre-feasibility study that we put out in January of 2019. Mm -hmm. Nice, robust little project. You know, it's a 13-year mine life. It I'm sorry to laugh. It's a little, it, was, it was a little project. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the economics were good. It was sort of $1.3 billion of CapEx for uh, a $1.3 billion NPV. At the time, we used $3 copper. 1300 gold and, and $20 silver. Obviously, you know, there's been cost inflation since then, but there's also been an increase in metals prices. So the next step of that project would have been feasibility study mm -hmm. and taking that where all of a sudden you're locking in infrastructure locations. You know, here's where the leach pads were going to go. Here's where the crushing was going to go. And we said, hold on a second. Uh, I think we're on to, uh, you know, geologically something more interesting here. We always had the, the, the idea that there was uh, something at depth driving this mineralization. So we decided to start drilling some deep holes. Who had that idea? I'm just curious, who had that idea? Who was trying to push that and maybe getting a little pushback at yeah, the time? Yeah, there was never pushback. It was just a matter of, uh, of the level of resource that we had to do. It sort of, mm. we, we uh, you know, I like I like to hope we could chew bu bubble gum and walk at the same time. But when you're a junior company and you're funding year to year, you sort of had to focus on one aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So you know, Wojtek Wojcicki, Bob Carmichael, Diego Charchafli, our our whole geology team, you know, had held this uh, position that that there was an engine driving this at depth that we just hadn't explored for yet. Uh, 
Um, and, and so finally we decided to put the resources at it. And I think our first real success was March of 2020. We put out hole 32, which was just over a thousand meters of 0.95% copper equivalent. And, and that was the really sort of light bulb moment that said, whoa, okay, yeah. this, is, this is something unique. Uh, but the world was reeling as a result of COVID. You know, there were images around the world. People were uh, not in a good position and copper was hanging at $2 something. Uh, fortunately, you know, the Lundin backing and, and, and Lucas and the family put uh, more money behind it. We raised money that summer, uh, which culminated in, in, in the Discovery Hole uh, 41, which we put out in May of mm -hmm. 2021. That was 858 meters of 1.8% uh, copper equivalent. And shortly thereafter, our first, uh, probably our first conversation. Because mm -hmm. uh, that really, you know, took Philo from where we were at the time, a three, four dollar stock to sort of seven, eight dollars. Uh, and then subsequent to that, we've just had continued drilling success, kilometer long plus intersections of, uh, you know, some of the best copper, gold, silver grades uh, being drilled anywhere on the planet at the moment. And uh, it's just uh, so exciting to be part of and to see that drilling success continue. Yeah, I, I don't remember, somebody said this to me on the podcast a while ago, and, and I wish I remember who I could give credit to this, but he said it. World-class deposits are those types of deposits that you don't have to work very hard. They just keep on giving to you. And it definitely feels like Philo is one of them. Where do you, do we even know yet the extent of this deposit? No. And that's the, that's just crazy to think it, about. It's wild. And it's been our goal strategically over the past couple of years is really trying to find the limits. And uh, I mean, maybe it's Hollywood problems, but every single hole we put down seems to hit mineralization. We, we drilled a hole two kilometers away from that Breccia 41 center uh, this year, a mm -hmm. hole 60. And uh, we hit, we hit over 700 meters of 0.5% of copper equivalent into what we believe is a brand new porphyry center. There's, a, there's another target, another two kilometers to the north of this called Hamelos that we're planning on drilling this year. Uh, there's a, a porphyry target to the south, probably four kilometers from that center uh, that we call Flamenco. So, you know, we're gonna be, uh, we're gonna be drilling off new, exciting, giant step outs and uh, yet to hit the edges of the, of the mineralized system. How big of these step outs do you think you're looking at? Well, uh, two two kilometers. Two kilometers out. Yeah, two kilometers out. So when do, do you start kind of, you know, infilling that at a time? If it, if that two kilometer hits, do you start kind of infilling that, or you, would you even step out even further? I guess that's. The, I mean, those are the big strategic questions that we, as management and sure. and our board of directors, have to have to decide. Is, is sort of when, when is big big enough? Uh, you know, when have we, sort of understood the limits uh, here at Philo? Because I think you can put your development hat on and come up with lots of different scenarios here, whether, mm -hmm. you know, we start small in our oxide project and, and build something out through cash flow, or, or maybe there's M&A that comes into the mix uh, before that happens. Um, but in order to sit down at that table, I, I want to be able to go in uh, with all the info, or at least right. as much of the info as I can. So I'd be remiss to leave a, an undrilled, uh, exciting target two kilometers to our north um, for somebody else to discover. Well, and that's it's in, it's an interesting situation because listen, you've got Lundin Mining next door that with Jose Maria, and I, I think you can we can put the pieces together. Like, what what would be the point of Philo going out in doing another PFS here 
you know, would you need to put economics in there? Because it, I think a lot of people are just recognizing that, well, if there is going to be m it's probably going to be Lundin Mining and the infrastructure's there to take care of this thing. And so whatever type of economics Philo puts on it would have to be adjusted for what's already there at Jose Maria. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, uh, symmetries, obviously, here. So I guess strategically as a company, what is is a new technical report even on the books or is it all exploration and resource estimation at some point? Okay. I mean, lots of questions buried within that. (laughs) Uh, You know, number one, I guess a new technical report may well be on the books, but it's largely a result of compliance. Um, You know, at at some point in time, your, your technical information starts to get a bit dated. Yeah. So, you know, we need to have current 43101. So, but you know, if we were to do something like that, Trevor, it's, it's unlikely that we've got a level of confidence in the drill spacing at depth at this point in time that, that that would include an updated mineral resource estimate. So that would largely just bringing the numbers, uh, you know, more in line with, with today and, and give us something that rolls into our, you know, our AIF and, and our, our, our Canadian documents that, that are required. So I guess that's, that's one, you know, number two, I, I guess I perhaps disagree that it's necessarily queued up for Lundy mining. You know, they've got a, They've got a nice toehold mm-hmm. in what they're putting together at, at Jose Maria for sure. But, uh, you know, we welcomed BHP onto the share register in, in February. They, they took a 5% stake for $100 million. And uh, clearly, you know, are, are interested, as I, I would imagine the other major mining companies in the world, when, you, when you're starting to put together something of the size and scale and quality of, of Filo del Sol, it's, uh, it garners attention. So... You know, I think Philo has that optionality in the sense that it, it could act as a, as a standalone project. Um, no one has their crystal ball to see how this district plays out. And I, I, I really see that, uh, you know, some kind of hub and spoke centralized processing facility mm-hmm. likely involving the, the, you know, the Lundin mining future infrastructure at Jose Maria likely makes a, a lot of sense. But I, I also think that this is a, a mining camp that, that could be operating for a hundred years. Um, and, and like many of those sort of big South American uh, projects, it often requires multiple uh, partners in order to pull it off and, and execute. So, yeah. yeah. So what, what, if you can simply break down the strategy here for feel here over the next year, year and a half, it, it, it's, it's exploration and trying to find the extents of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we've got six drill rigs on site at the moment, plans to ramp up to 10 or 11 by the end of the year. Oh, wow. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll really follow three strategic objectives, which are largely unchanged even from last year. Uh, attempt to do some big step outs and understand simply the size and scale of the system. We will focus on that Breccia 41 area. Uh, that's a potentially a, a smallish volume that has really, really high, uh, high potential value in a, in a small area. And we need to get some drill holes specifically sort of set up uh, from the west, drilling towards the east. Uh, most of our drilling on the project has, has been set up on the east side of the, of the flank of the hill and drills toward, towards the west. So, you know, from a structural geological model, for better understanding the resource modeling, we'll, we'll need to get that drilling done. Um, and then, you know, smaller step outs and uh, infilling some areas within a zone we call the Aurora zone. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so 61 was the, the hole you referenced at the beginning of the show uh, that we just announced a, a couple of weeks ago. We'll continue to step out, you know, 200 meters to the north, northeast of that. As the Aurora Zone grows, uh, there's a gap in our drilling between 63 and, and hole 34. We'll try and, and fill in that gap. If, you know, you look at it on our maps, and it, it looks pretty tiny, but it's a 500 meter, uh, 500 meter space between those two holes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a bit of work on infill, a bit of work on understanding Breccia 41, and then some big step outs. You know, I want to ask you a little bit about you know future results. And I, I, I remember talking to Chris Taylor with Great Bear. Uh, a couple a year or so ago when you know they were drilling just a huge drill program and I asked Chris I was like you keep on coming out with really good you know really good assay results do you think that it's saturating the market because people expect Great Bear to come out with really good drill results every time they put them out so maybe it's appropriate to ask you the same thing do you think there's a possibility that the market will feel saturated with Philo good drill results at one time because that's what they expect now. Yeah, but that's a great question, Trevor. I mean, we joke about it internally. It's sort of, when does uh, 1,500 meters of 1% copper equivalent start to become <laughs> unexciting? Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and it's something we, we sort of track on a, uh, on a press release by press release basis. What kind of market reaction are we getting? Are we still getting value for these? Um, you know, and, and different, uh, different shareholders are going to value the results differently. You know, you're going to have mm. some shareholders that take a look at the at the drilling that we've done down Breccia 41 with the high grades and uh, and really latch on to the high grade number and be excited uh, there. You've got others that that viewed hole 60, which was our big step out, um, as really something incredibly exciting, despite the fact that maybe we didn't have the flashy grades. What that's showing is uh, continualization and mineralization, mm-hmm. a, a whole another two kilometers outside. So. Um, you know, we'll, we'll monitor that closely and, and probably at some point in time, maybe we'll reach that point where those drill results aren't having the same kind of reaction. And that's probably a, a signal for us to say, you know, maybe that this strategy has run its course and, and we need to start thinking about what the, uh, you know, what the next steps are yeah. in terms of moving the project forward as opposed to simply exploration drilling. But we're not there yet. No, no. Okay. That, so... There's going to be a ton of news out here in the next year with Philo, so uh, you know, hold on to your seats here to all the shareholders and maybe people just sitting back and watching. Uh, I do want to turn the uh, the table here, Jamie, and I haven't been able to ask anybody uh, from the company or the family about Lucas, um, and you know, just an incredible guy. Uh, I actually uh, right before his passing i did read adolph's you know biography okay no guts yeah. no glory and then after lucas passed you know there was a lot of great stories out there flying around online about you know people things people remembered of him in lucas's life yeah and so i wanted to ask you you know like how do you remember lucas you know what was you know why was he such an, an inspiration and um you know maybe how did he challenge you in your professional career and what he meant to you well, uh, you know, first and foremost, a friend. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I was at the memorial service over at his house uh, a few weeks ago. And I've, I've said this to lots of people now, but it was that perfect mix of, of happy and sad, you know, sad um, because he leaves a, a, a huge hole in, uh, in all of uh, our, our lives, both uh, personally and professionally. And, and uh, but then, you know, happy. We had a we had a big party and celebrated his life just as he would have uh, as he would have wanted. You know, so 
Uh, I, I'm going to miss those uh, Saturday morning 7 a.m. F- uh, or Sunday morning <laughs> 7 a.m. phone calls where he's hounding me about drilling results and uh, when the <laughs> next news is coming out. Um, but I'll, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I think the companies are are really well set up. I, I think the advisors that uh, were a big part of Lucas's life uh, have stayed involved in in the boys' lives. Um, you know, Adam, uh, Jack, Harry, and and Will. Uh, they're smart. They're driven, uh, and they're and they're set up to to carry these um, uh, projects forward. And I and I think you know the biggest tribute they have to their their family legacy, their grandfather, now their father, is to is to keep that drive going. Uh, you know, personally, so many so many stories about Lucas. Uh, one of my one of my first memories was. Uh, I, I was a young uh, analyst. I just joined Lundin Mining, and we were doing a bit of a deal. And, and somehow or another, there was a flight going uh, back. I, I was traveling from Toronto to Vancouver, and uh, and Lucas, I was out with him that night, and he said, "Oh, no, no, forget your commercial flight. Come fly with me." And of course, my first time ever on the <laughs> on the private jet, and it's you know super exciting. And, and as as I get on the uh, on the on the plane the next day, it was just Lucas and I. And we're flying out to Vancouver and about halfway through, he says, oh, we just got to make one stop. It's the middle of February where we're <laughs> stopping and he lands in Winnipeg. And uh, here we were going and, uh, and marketing one of the companies to, a, to an investors group in Winnipeg. So you just had to be up for anything with Lucas. Uh, always on, on the promote, he will, you know, always wanted to, uh, to drive the projects and the companies forward. And uh, was was able to carry on that conversation, um, you know, from the from the junior accountants in the office right up to the to the senior executives, mm-hmm. and, you know, for for somebody that had uh, had had that much success in the metals and mining industry, um, he was just such a down to earth guy, and uh, we, we'll miss his uh, his instincts and his guidance, but uh, I think the companies are, are well set to continue the legacy. I, I think th- what I realized is, and I don't remember. W- what set of assay results you published, but with the news release, you published a video of of Lucas and you kind of giving a corporate discussion yeah. about what was it. Yeah. And, you know, just me sitting there, I mean, it was a really special moment because I think I knew his time was coming. And you just knew, like, God, that guy's just, he won't quit. He just will keep going. He's doing what he's going to love, I, and nobody will tell him to not do it. Yeah, I, I, I share your feeling, <laughs> Trevor. It was an amazing experience for me. You know, he he was self-aware enough at that time to know that, you know, his speech was failing uh, mm-hmm. physically. You know, he's he was a little swelled up because of the the drugs and the medication that he was on for the cancer treatment, and yet. He just didn't care. He yeah. says, I'm going to get out here and, and tell the world about these great drill results at, at Philo and, and show that the family's behind it. And, uh, you know, he lived like that till his end of days. And it's, uh, it's such an inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Jamie, thanks for sharing your story. That's no worries. That's st- <laughs> how, was, how was Winnipeg? Cold? Yeah, cold. <laughs> um, there'll be a lot of news. I'm sure you and I will chat again in the future as soon as uh, Philo continues to come out with new Uh, drill results and and more from the company Uh, so thanks for sharing your stories and sharing your time and the update from from Fila Mining. Thanks Trevor, thanks for having me